<sighs> I'm really starting to get fatigued for this franchise, unfortunately. Hello there, and welcome to another episode of my podcast, Podcast Racing. So, if you have not seen all six episodes of The Falcon and Winter Soldier yet, please do not watch this episode yet, because I will be delving into spoilers. Spoiler-filled thoughts on all six episodes from beginning to end. So please uh, watch the show first, and then come back and listen to this episode. So this show is actually supposed to come out before WandaVision, but due to the pandemic, uh, certain scenes weren't uh, filmed yet for uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, and, and also WandaVision. They were, able, they were able to finish WandaVision first, basically, and they released that first. And I'm really glad that they released WandaVision first. I think that Kevin Feige is right when he said that WandaVision was a much more appropriate reintroduction back into the MCU since uh, Spider-Man Far From Home back in July of 2019. Jesus. <laughs> uh, July 2019. I think that WandaVision overall is a much more interesting and better show, uh, mainly because a lot of the jokes in WandaVision work better. A lot of the characterization in that show is a lot better, and the biggest improvement, the biggest uh, improvement thing that I think works more so for WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier is that WandaVision took a lot more risks, and a lot of the risks actually paid off. And but with WandaVision, the the majority of the show was great, but then the finale was just really disappointing and, you know, just dumb CGI magic fighting and all that. Whereas with the Falcon and Winter Soldier, essentially the entirety of it was just painfully disappointing. This show does have a lot of good things about it, and I'll get into the good stuff first and then the bad stuff later. So, uh, Sam and Bucky are characters that... I never really cared about in the MCU overall. It's similar to WandaVision. Wanda and Vision were not characters. Basically, I, I think that they sh one strength of these shows is that they, uh, they, uh, these shows are centered on characters that I initially didn't care about, and then they're given more interesting characterization in these shows to make, them, make me care about them. Sam and Bucky both have very interesting plot lines on their own, Bucky trying to make amends and come to terms with his dark, violent past, and Sam basically dealing with, uh, you know, all this, like, very unfortunate, uh, all this very unfortunate racism, and also uh, trying to, you know, trying to uh, deal with the fact that the, that the country is uh, very different, uh, especially uh, after the blip, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of, uh, and he's starting to see more so the uh, political corruption and all that. So I think that when they're on their own, things get a lot more interesting. But when paired together, they do have good chemistry. And I especially like the scene in episode uh, 5, right before they decide to face Carly, where Sam is basically telling Bucky that he wasn't making amends the right way and that he needs to do it, you know, the right way, basically. I really liked that scene, but overall, their storyline together wasn't that good. But we'll get into that later. But basically, on their own, 
they were uh, really interesting. And uh, Sam, I actually, surprisingly, I really liked the Louisiana uh, boat stuff. Uh, I thought it was very interesting. And also because I'm not used to seeing... I, I this, is, this is kind of bad of me, but, you know, I don't associate... You know, I don't associate... Uh, uh, black people with fishing or with the most recent Netflix movie Concrete Cowboy I don't associate black people with uh, you know the cowboy lifestyle and I think that that is because of the type of media that you know like that was very influential on me and in a bad way you know like Jaws is a great movie uh, but you know all the people in that movie are white and all the cowboy movie related movies I've seen feature you know white people and i think that that's really good that the show is exposing me to more a uh, very a uh, very uh, familiar tropes but with a different demographic and I, I i really liked the louisiana boat stuff and sarah uh falcon's sister was a surprisingly great character i didn't think that when she was first introduced i didn't think that i would like her that much but I really did actually. Uh, a lot of people really hate John Walker, and I totally see why. Like, I think that they introduce a character in a way in which you're supposed to really not like him. Like Grace Randolph said, like I'm really angry right now. A uh, Grace Randolph from of uh, Beyond the Trailer fame. I'm really angry right now, but I think that that's the point. Yeah, that is the point, Grace. Uh, but. Me personally, yeah, obviously, you know, John Walker is no Steve, and for him to even try to become the new Captain America is just ridiculous, but just John Walker as a character was so fleshed out and interesting, and I really liked how opposite of Steve Rogers that he is. Like when he says that, uh, he says uh, in episode two on the Good Morning America interview that. He was heavily inspired by Steve, but he never met him. And then later on, you see him do stuff that's basically that Steve Rogers would never do. Even in his darkest points, Steve Rogers would never, never do. So I thought that uh, John Walker was really interesting and was actually my favorite character in the entire show. Surprisingly so. I thought that I thought that I would hate him too after seeing all the trailers and uh, promo uh, TV spots, but I really liked him. Uh, going back to Sam real quick, uh, through him we get are introduced to a former uh, Black Winter Soldier named Isaiah Bradley. Everything involving Isaiah Bradley was really well written and implemented in a way where it didn't feel like they were trying to shove a message down a throat. Like it, it felt very appropriate and I could tell that this storyline was definitely and the messages were definitely handled with care. I really liked Isaiah Bradley and I felt so bad for him when basically he's talking about how Hydra experiments on him for 30 years and how when he was finally freed and came back no one you know no one cared essentially so I really really likes that basically the whole all the messages and themes are really interesting on their own not all of them are implemented really well but basically uh you know introducing the isaiah bradley as the black winter soul as the former black winter soldier 
and uh, addressing racism, the uh, racism through his eyes, deconstructing Captain America's legacy, addressing how the people that weren't snapped felt uh, about the world and all that. It does kind of clash. That last thing does kind of clash with what how we saw the world in Avengers Endgame, but I think on these own, these are all interesting concepts. That last one though wasn't executed as well as it should have been and it did kind of clash with what we saw in Avengers Endgame because in Avengers Endgame we saw a uh, we saw you know Ant-Man come back and he's walking through the streets and everybody just looks miserable and there's debris on the streets and everything looks so dirty and uh, grim and stuff and yet there and yet in this show there are these uh, these flag smashers that claim that life was good when millions of people disappeared. So I don't know. I wish that it didn't it didn't really feel consistent, and I would have accepted it if they had explained better what exactly like or, or this showed maybe like one or two flashbacks of what exactly the flag smashers were talking about instead of just having all these expositional dialogue scenes of the flag smashers saying like oh. Uh, the world was so much better and all that stuff. So one world, one people, and it's like, don't tell. I mean, don't tell. Show, show, don't tell. So yeah, I really wish that there were maybe a couple flashbacks or so because what we saw in Avengers Endgame uh, clashed with a lot of things in this show. But but uh, but it, on its own, it's an interesting concept. I just wish that it was executed or implemented a lot better. I like. I actually really liked Baron Zemo in this entire show. Uh, Daniel Brühl looked like he was having a lot of fun on set. I could tell he got to improvise and stuff. I don't get so though why him dancing is has become such a meme. Has it's so like popular? I don't get the appeal. Just like Greg Alba of the Real Rejects, I don't get the appeal behind it. I don't. I don't get it. Uh, Sharon Carter, when they first introduced her, she was cool at first, but then making her the power broker was really, really stupid. It was just yeah, that that was that was just really dumb. They made her they made her interesting by making her a sort of, you know, like underground uh, kind of uh, de uh, dealer kind of person. I don't know the exact terminology, but but then making her but I was hoping that she wouldn't be the power broker. But then making her the power broker was just ah, all right. So I so uh, yeah, and I well, one last positive that I'll say about the show is that I really liked how in the finale, in in all in all the episodes at the end, it says the title "The Falcon and the Winter Soldier," but then in the finale, the title says "Captain America and the Winter Soldier," which I really liked that a lot. And uh, I really uh, liked that uh, conversation that uh, Sam had as a new Captain America that he had with all the uh, GRC people. And I think that that's it in terms of positives. Let's get into negatives, which unfortunately, with this show, there's a lot. So, like I said before, Sam and Bucky have interesting storylines on their own, but they're paired together and involved in this main storyline to face off against Carly and the Flag Smashers, and that was just really dumb. Uh, my least favorite scene is actually 
Sam and Bucky being forced to do an impromptu therapy session at the police station. And basically, I understand why. I think it's kind of ridiculous how, but uh, but in uh, but also kind of understandable how the therapist would come in at the police station and force Bucky to do an impromptu therapy session right there. But then she forces Sam to come in as well, and it's like what? And that entire scene at the police station, the impromptu therapy session where Sam and Bucky are forced to like uh, look at each other. That scene was just so cringy. A lot of the jokes in the show actually didn't really work. Some of them were okay, but a lot of them didn't really work. Oh, and uh, sorry, one last positive is that I actually really liked Lamar. I thought that Lamar was a, a good sidekick, and I liked how he was essentially an enabler to uh, John Walker's... Yeah, yeah, to John Walker, basically. And... But yeah, going back to that scene, oh my gosh. I I think that I feel like I'm the only one that actually really dislikes that scene of them together in the police station, the, the impromptu therapy session. That was so weird and dumb and and stupid. Uh introducing the conflict of uh I think that that Chinese guy maybe I'm not sure if that's just uh, Bucky's neighbor or his landlord, but introducing a concept of Bucky having killed the Chinese man's son and then struggling whether to tell him or not. I thought that that was in interesting, uh, introduced well, but then when Bucky finally told the Chinese man in the finale that he killed his son, it was felt so rushed. I didn't feel the em I could I should have felt the emotion, but I didn't really feel it at all. And yeah, when Sam and Bucky were paired together, it was a lot less interesting than when they were apart, unfortunately, and surprisingly so. The Flag Smashers were just boring antagonists. Literally all their dialogue was just, oh, you know, like, oh, uh, expositional dialogue, and then they tried to shoehorn in at the very end. Oh, now that the Flag Smashers are starting to, like, doubt Carly and all that. And nothing against the actress, uh, Erin Kellyman, but... She was she was really miscast as Carly Morgenthau. I'm not saying that she was bad, but just well, the character wasn't written that well to begin with. And honestly, like that one, uh, that one flag smasher, uh, that one uh, Asian-looking guy with the long uh, black hair, I think that he should have been like the leader of the flag smashers. He looked a lot more intimidating, uh, and, and and I just think that the Flag Smashers and their leader could have been written a little bit better in general. And I do get what they were going for with having an unconventional, uh, you know, antagonist, you know, like uh, Aaron Kellyman and Hannah John Kamen, who played the villain in Ant-Man and the Wasp. They don't look like conventional, like, you know, oh, evil bad guys and all. And yet they're the main antagonists of their respective stories. And I get having an unconventional looking uh i i like having i like the concept of the antagonist looking very different than what we're used to you know seeing as a villain but i don't know i thought that it was kind of i don't know i just i just didn't really like harley and nothing against erin kellyman but she was miscast oh and i'm i'm so sorry one one last 
positive. The Wakan the the Wakandians bringing back the Dora uh, Milaje was awesome, and their fight with John Walker was uh pretty cool. Uh, the 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 action scenes overall, and I'll get back to the negatives now. The action scenes overall were really real. Like there, I could tell that they were choreographed well, and that the stunt people really worked their butts off to make these fight scenes look gritty and convincing, but it was just shot and edited so poorly. Like, I know many of you are gonna hate me for saying this, but the action scenes in this show, unfortunately, reminded me a lot of Mulan. And just like, well, it, but at least with Mulan, like, the camera was still... Yes, the, the editing, I think the editing is worse in Mulan than it is in Falcon and Winter Soldier. But, like, with the Mulan, at least the camera was stood still. And with Falcon and Winter Soldier, they were doing this, they were copying what the Russos did in Captain America, the Winter Soldier, and Civil War. With all the shaky cam kind of, you know, nonsense. And uh, they were able to, it worked, the Russos were able to make it work in the movies, but in this show, it just felt very jarring, and it made it hard for me to tell what was going on sometimes. I don't put the blame on the, primarily on the filmmakers, though. Like, I, I don't think, I don't put any blame for the shoddy action sequences or anything like that on Carly Scoglin. Uh, I, I really like Carly Scoglin, but... I don't think, but even though her name is in the credits, I don't think she directed this show. I think this show was directed and primarily supervised over, in a creative sense, by Kevin Feige. I think that Kevin Feige, I think that, I really like how Marvel hires uh, writers and directors who are more like unknown and uh, like more known so, more known so for TV or indie films, but... I think that Kevin Feige is getting a little bit like power hungry now, and I think I could tell that there was a lot of stuff like changed in post production uh, that is jarring, that it that contradicts, uh, conflicts with what they filmed, and I think I'm not sure if this show is exactly what Carly Scotland wanted to make, and uh, and you know I'm not I'm not saying like oh Kevin Feige is evil and all that, but I just think that maybe he got a little bit too power hungry with this show uh more negatives uh bringing back the french villain batrock why like he, he was fine for one scene in captain america and the winter soldier for bringing him back and actually making him a reoccurring character why just why i i don't get it why him of all the antagonists like Marvel has a villain problem, but there are other villains that are more interesting in comparison compared to him that were only in one or two scenes and all that. I honestly think that I love Civil War, but killing off Frank Grillo as Crossbones, killing him off was a dumb decision. Like, they could have done so much more with him. And even Frank Grillo acknowledges that, like, oh, they could have done, oh, like, I... I should have been in it more and all that. And yeah, I agree. He should have been in it more. Uh, Julia, Julia Louis-Dreyfus makes a cameo in this. I don't know why. I don't know. Like, 
I, I, I don't read the comics, so I never even heard of her character before. I know her character's in the comics and all, but you don't need to bring everything in the comments. Oh, and that name drop at the end, like, John Walker, you could be the new U.S. agent. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, that name drop reminded me, honestly, reminded me of the Han Solo name drop from the uh, Solo movie with Alden Emmerich. Uh, Torres was a boring character, I dare implying that he'll be the new Falcon, and I'm honestly not really looking forward to that at all. Uh, going back to, uh, Kevin Feige, I could tell that he did interfere a lot in, like, post-production and all that, uh, because there are scenes that, there are scenes that feel almost, like, out of order in a sense, and there is too much use of, like, ADR, and like voiceover and all that, like that, like there's too much use of when characters say something, but we don't see the actor saying it. So you can tell that that was a line of dialogue that was recorded after the scene was filmed and then put in in post production. I, there was a lot of that. Uh, the mid cred scene in the finale with Sharon Carter uh, being pardoned. That's why that scene should have just been in the actual episode before the ending of the finale where all the people in Louisiana are like celebrating and stuff which I actually really like that uh, again all this stuff with Louisiana and uh, Sam's sister Sarah was really like heartwarming and cool and oh and I re and uh I should really like Isaiah Bradley getting his own memorial in the same museum in which uh, Cats America and Bucky Barnes have their own memorial in the Smithsonian, but that also felt rushed. Like that moment and uh, Bucky talking, uh, revealing to a Chinese man that he killed his son. Those are moments that there's a lot of stuff in the show, including those two moments where I could totally see where they're going for, and I should feel some kind of emotion. I should really like it, but it just feels either so rushed or executed so poorly. And John Walker was executed really well overall, but then in the finale, all of a sudden, oh, he's a good guy again. And it's like, no, that's so inconsistent with what we've seen with this character so far, especially after seeing him brutally murder one of the Flag Smashers with the shield. Like, that was awesome. And all the blood and stuff, like, ooh. I wish that Marvel, like, with a show like this, arguably, you could have more risks and uh, do more controversial, ambiguous, experimental stuff. Well, maybe not experimental, but you could do... I wish that with Falcon and Winter Soldier, they, they played... I could tell that they were playing it too safe. And I understand, you know, with politics, it's a very touchy subject matter. And I I could tell that, you know, like, Feige and the people at Marvel, and maybe even Kari Scoglin too, didn't want to alienate their audience too much, but... I, but I think that, but with the show, with a show like this, it's entertaining to watch in the moment, but as soon as you're done, you just forget about it. And I think that that, I, that's the type of media that I really don't like, where they just play it safe and it's enjoyable in the moment, but the next day or even the same day, you're like, you forget about it. I prefer stuff that where they take risks, and, and especially so if 
the risks pay off. Like, like I, I prefer when filmmakers uh, really want to tell a message through more unconventional or experimental ways. And, you know, obviously that execution needs to pay off. But I, but, you know, like I, I did, I, I think that they played it too safe with Falcon and Winter Soldier. And it was overall very disappointing. I think that there, I know a lot of you are really going to uh, hate me for saying this, but I honestly think that there's more artistic merit in uh, the movie Promising Young Woman that Emerald Fennell directed, and also that uh, short film on Netflix uh, that stars uh, Joey uh, Badass, uh, Two Distant Strangers. Now, Two Distant Strangers has a lot of problems, and Promising Young Woman has some problems too, but, and I think that Two Distant Strangers is actually, I would consider that to be a bad film um, because its message is executed so poorly and it feels just downright explo exploitative at times. And also, Joey Badass, I'm so sorry, he cannot act at all. And, and the white cop was not a good actor either. But I think that, you know, but I honestly think that there's more artistic merit to Two Distant Strangers than there is The Falcon and Winter Soldier. Now, both are very different mediums. One is a short film, the other is a, a six-episode miniseries. And, you know, like, a lot of people are definitely going to prefer uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. And I do think that the uh, racism message in Falcon and Winter Soldier was handled a lot more uh, better and more eloquently in... Falcon Winter Soldier than in uh, Two Distant Strangers, but at least with Two Distant Strangers, they took risks, and those risks didn't really pay off, but I but I think that Two Distant Strangers has more artistic merit, and Promising Young Woman, a lot of people really don't like that ending, but at least they took a risk, and, and, and you know, the message, and the message that they were trying to tell wasn't you know, like so executed so poorly, and it didn't re it didn't feel as exploitative as Two Distant Strangers, and I so I think that Promising Woman, Promising Young Woman, also has more artistic merit to it than Falcon and Winter Soldier. But I'm not here saying that Falcon and Winter Soldier is a bad show. It's just it's kind of frustrating because. I, like, this show, I was really looking forward to this a lot. Like, this was my most anticipated show out of all the three when they uh, released that 30-second uh, teaser with uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, WandaVision, and Loki. I didn't think that I would like WandaVision more than Falcon Winter Soldier, but here I am uh, giving uh, WandaVision an 8 out of 10 and Falcon Winter Soldier a 6 out of 10. Falcon Winter Soldier is not a bad show at all, but... It was just painfully mediocre, as the villain from Mad Max Fury Road would say. But I think that there is a lot of good in the show, but the bad does weigh it down quite a bit. And like I said in the beginning of the episode, I am unfortunately really starting to experience fatigue for this franchise. And that really saddens me because I love Marvel. I, I've loved it so far, but... I think that they're, they're bringing, like, honestly, like, I'm not, like, I'm still looking forward to, you know, some of their stuff, like, Loki and uh, Eternals and Shang-Chi. That trailer is pretty cool. 
it did have some issues, but it was pretty cool. But I honestly, I'm starting to feel fatigue for this franchise overall, and I'm seeing all these upcoming movies and shows and all that, and I'm just feel tired. And like honestly, like I don't really want to see this stuff anymore. Like I think that Marvel. Marvel is successful now thanks to their formula, but the formula is starting to get old and tired now. And I really hope that with these upcoming movies and shows, they sort of, you know, subvert our expectations and, you know, change things up and not follow up with the formula and take more artistic risks. But I have a feeling that, you know, a lot of these upcoming movies and shows are going to play it safe. And that that disappoints me because you know like i think that as an aspiring filmmaker i want to see you know more i want to see more, more like unique voices and more experimental stuff that takes takes risks and even if the risks don't always pay off i'll appreciate the fact that the filmmakers were doing something daring and uh, all that and a lot of people will disagree with me, and I think that that's fine. If you like or love Falcon and Winter Soldier, that's great. Yeah, I'm not here trying to tell you, oh, I didn't, I didn't love it, so you shouldn't love it either. Uh, I think it's an okay show, and if you thought it was great, then good for you. And I want to thank all of you for listening to another episode of my podcast, Podcast Racing. Uh, what did you guys think? of the Falcon and Winter Soldier, uh, please let me know down in the comment section below. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate you all. Hope you're all doing well. Uh, hopefully not experiencing too much side effects with the vaccine, if you're going to get it. And uh, yeah, I'll see you guys next time. Bye.